You're listening to The No Name Photo Show, the podcast dedicated to lively conversations about the creativity, business, and technology of photography. I'm your host, Brian Matiash. Let's chat. All right, everyone. Welcome to episode 52 of The No Name Photo Show. I am your host, Brian Matiash. I want to thank you for joining me. So first, uh, I lied to you guys, and I'm going to own, own it. Uh, at the end, towards the end of episode 51, we had Colby Brown on. I said how, that he would be joining me on this episode. He's not. He will be back probably for episode 53. He's actually driving to New York City right now to to present at BNH. And the thing is, I've actually wanted to have today's guest on. We've been talking about that for a few weeks now. And he, here's the thing. I'm gonna kind of use this as a as an intro to my guest. So. A few weeks ago, on the 18th of January of this year, I wrote an article, or an, art, an article of mine was published on F-Stoppers, where it was uh, kind of like a, I would say, a tongue-in-cheek, uh, part throwing salt, but part tongue-in-cheek uh, article about Sony's recent press event that they had a few days prior uh, to tease a, a firmer update for the Sony A9, as well as the A7R Mark III uh, and the A7 Mark III. And then also announcing the Sony E6400. And I wrote that because, you know, I, I was not expecting that. And, and normally, you know, you'd like to think that when you say that I wasn't expecting something, that that means something better happened. But in my opinion, at the time, my knee-jerk reaction was, man, Sony sucks. Like, wh- why wouldn't they do this? So uh, before the article was posted, I shared a, a, a kind of like a draft of it with our, my guest, um, who I'll just introduce you first. Uh, his name is uh, David Schloss. I've worked with David for years now. Uh, he used to be the editor-in-chief over at uh, Digital Photo Pro Magazine and Digital Photo Magazine. He was my editor, so whenever I wrote an article or um, was pitching an article, he would be that person. Unfortunately, now he is the co-founder and vice president of Pixel Shift. His team uh, manages the media relations for Sony Digital Imaging. I get to you know interact with him and, like I said, his team. So first of all, David, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's a pleasure, and uh, I'm glad to see that somebody you really wanted on the show only had to wait 52 episodes to actually get some time with you. Well, you know what? Uh, the the kind of sad commentary is that this is actually in response to your. I would say I would go so far as to say schooling me in the article. <laughs> um, so I'll 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 accept that. Oh, yeah, and so let me just paint the picture really quickly, and then I I want I would love for you to kind of. Uh, opine on it. So sure. I was saying I wrote this article for, for F-Stoppers before it was published. So I, I've always valued David's opinion because what I was, he is a, I would say photographer's photographer. He ha- knows the industry. He's been in the industry for so many years. So I thought about it and I was like, okay, is this article, am I on the mark with this article? Does this article actually track? I was in Ikea uh, Nicole just walked off. She was looking for uh, a new something, a stand or something. And we got on the phone. And so, David, why don't you uh, kind of kick off basically, you know, the response. Now, and I'll link to the article in the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com. But, you know, you gave me some really good feedback, which became the the impetus for this show. Sure. Well, I think, you know, I think that the, the 
tenant of the article was that you were disappointed at the press release because it was just a firmware announcement and a, a consumer camera, um, and that it was not the much rumored A7000, uh, which had been on Sony Alpha rumors for quite some time and then had been picked up and sort of meta analyzed by, you know, probably everybody with a photographic YouTube channel. Um, and, you know, the basic thing I was saying is that it's two points. The first point is that. I think if you were there, the A9 firmware upgrade was a major thing and a major for a couple of reasons. One, it brings a completely new focusing system, which the A6400 also has. But because most of the camera manufacturers are not rushing to do a firmware update that completely revamps a major function like autofocus. They're doing things to tweak face detect. They're doing things to tweak white balance. You know, The firmware updates tend to add a couple of features. This is designed to add a brand new focusing system. I'm not sure a company has overhauled something that major before. So so the first point was that I think even ignoring the A6400, which, you know, 900 bucks with that same focusing system is, is pretty great. I think that for the people who make their living off of the A9, that this upgrade means that the next cycle, they are going to be confident that they're getting the best camera, right? And so there's always this worry now with mirrorless cameras evolving so quickly that you just bought the thing and now, you know, 12 months later, it's going to be obsolete. If the companies are able to put the next generation of some technology into the bodies, even if another model comes out, you're still looking at something that is to some degree future-proof. And I think that that's a big thing for a lot of pros as well. Um, The second point, though, that I wanted that, you know, we talked about, was that it is completely impossible in 2019 and beyond for a company to ever live up to the expectations of a rumor site. Now, some rumor sites get things pretty accurately. I think that Mac rumors, you know, has gotten a good amount of Apple rumors correct. They get the iPhone stuff relatively correct. They're off on a couple little details. But in the camera space, the rumor sites are demonstrably false. They are clearly cobbling together stories to base on pieces of information that are out there in the public record, right? So Canon Rumors just ran a piece about what camera Canon is going to announce in a couple of weeks. Well, that's based on what people have been saying. People said, oh, I want a cheaper Canon USR. Okay. So the rumor sites say that's going to happen. So you take a look at the A7000 rumors and, you know, a lot of the features that were in there would be great. But they also, and we can circle back to this, they don't make a lot of sense in necessarily uh, this cycle of products. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe not in, in all, but, you know, like, I think that Sony Alpha Rumors sort of looked at what people wanted uh, and said, it's coming. And then what they often do is they say, you know, we know that this thing is coming on this date. And then as you get closer to that date, they say, well, we're a little bit unsure about some of the parts about this. And then you get a little bit closer and they're like, no, we're really pretty confident. And then the day before they will often release something that has nothing to do with what they've been predicting at all. And the product announces, and it's not the thing that they made up. So I, you know, I feel it's a weird era that a company has to live up to the expectations of someone who can completely make something up from scratch. I mean, you could have, he could write the next Sony camera is going to be able to take 3D holograms. And that's just not a thing, you know? So, how would you possibly live up to that? Yeah, exactly. And, and that was 
in my opinion, that was the kind of light bulb moment. I didn't, I actually reached out to the F-Stoppers editor. We talked about this after, I don't think I told you this, David, but I reached out to Alex, who was a, a guest on the show um, a few episodes ago. And I, I, I was like, should we consider, this was before, it was scheduled to publish, but it had not published yet. I was like, should we take it down? And we ultimately decided not to, because I do feel that there is some, there is, in my opinion, some, I don't know, I don't want to say warrant to it. There was, I was genuinely, my like I said, my knee-jerk reaction was disappointed only because you, and you, you, you touched on it, you were there. You were at the press release and granted, or the press event rather, you were there to hold the camera. I don't know, you know, what kind of alpha or beta version they had. Yeah, the A6400 was final, um, and the A9 was a beta version that was pretty far along, but not close to the production model. So you could take from it that things were faster and better, but I wouldn't have used it for a final, you know, article evaluation about it. Sure, and and so exactly for me, it was more. I think I let my own personal um, wishes color the article where. I was hoping for, I really was hoping for like an RX 100 with an audio input jack or at, to kind of the results of these rumor engines and these kind of armchair YouTube journalists, um, an A7000. So when I saw the A6400, I didn't see the new focusing system. I saw the lack of in-body image stabilization, um, the weird fold-up screen that if you use a microphone, becomes moot. So it was a, a response of emotion, a response of you know passion. If you want to kind of sensationalize it, but when we spoke, you know, we had a really good conversation at IKEA. I was just kind of loitering in the front there because you take four more steps in and you lose all cell, cell signal. It's a giant uh, cell killing box of metal. It's yep. like a Faraday cage with like it is absolutely yeah these like. A, funky name with meatballs with me yeah. with Swedish meatballs and actually a really <laughs> really nice kind of worldly um candy you know bulk candy thing oh absolutely so yeah you know David and I spoke and he really and I, I own I own it I I actually own it like I, I don't necessarily regret writing the article but I do regret not holding myself to the standards that I think um one the lack of which are degrading our industry um and two uh, the fact that this is what I want to do. Like if I write for F stoppers or I write for myself, I want it to be, I want there to be uh, some sort of journalistic integrity. Whenever I wrote for you, David, I brought, you know, I tried to keep it as um, objective, but uh, informed as possible. And I appreciate that. And I think that there's room for you to say things that are editorially uh, opinion pieces, right? Which is which is essentially what it was. And I think that the industry has room for opinion pieces. And I think I say a couple of things here. The first one is I think that this disappointment is to some degree a really positive sign for the industry because I think for a long time people were not getting enthused about new cameras, right? You would get a Mark III or a Mark IV, or you would get a you know something bumped from a five to a, a four to a five or a five to a six. You know, we would get these little sort of changes that would not revolutionize the technology for anybody at all and at a four-year cycle. So now we're at a point where Nikon and Canon have released mirrorless cameras, which you know nicely sort of proves 
what Sony had been saying for a number of years. Sony had been releasing cameras at a breakneck pace because every time they got a new technology, they wanted to get the new technology out to the market, right? So we're living in a time when it is theoretically possible that if you have a dream camera, that dream camera is coming. And it's so possible that Sony's execs, who are traditionally stoic, did officially say, you know, like, if you're waiting for an A7S III, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. They don't usually take the opportunity to say that. So we're, we're in an, an interesting, weird time in the camera manufacturing industry. You could, you could wake up and find a camera with every one of your must-have things checked off on it. So that, that's good. And it's good to me that people were expecting that from Sony. So if people are saying, like, I want a camera that, you know, is in this body with this sensor and this speed and it's got a blender and, you know, whatever it can do, that means that they're looking to Sony as the as the leader of innovation. And I think that's that's fine. The thing that is disappointing for me and anybody who works in the media is there's that there's a moment of I don't know if there's a word, crestfallenness that comes when you don't get the thing that you want, but there's also a moment of crestfallenness when you do. And so the more accurate Mac rumors has become over the years, the less, the less, not just enjoyable, but the less enthusiastic the coverage has been. Oh, we got the camera that we all thought, or the phone we thought we were going to get. Um, and so that depresses the enthusiasm of the journalists. And, and I think enthusiasm whether it's good or bad, you know, you can be enthusiastic about something and hate it when it comes out. I think that the lack of enthusiasm makes it harder for the journalists to get their mind around what they're actually looking at. Yeah. Um, the second thing I think is an issue in this era is that there's a group of, there's a group of people who got into photography information who were journalists either in tech or photography, and they found themselves writing for one of the magazines or one of the, the major websites out there. In photography. And now there's an entirely new vanguard of people who are coming up on YouTube and I think that they're vital to this market. I think that the like the breadth of the breadth of vitality they they bring is is great. The problem is that YouTube incentivizes conflict and incentivizes rumors. So you have a website that is making up information to drive affiliate sales. Hey, there's an A7000 coming, but until it's here, why don't you buy this you know, e-mount lens for my affiliate link below. Then you got somebody on YouTube who says, I'm going to give you my thoughts about an A7000. And then you get a person, and then there's there's a whole other pool of people who are giving their meta-analysis of what the original person said about the rumors. And I've seen some of the major tech sites pick up like this. The, we're, you know, we said we want to talk about Canon predicting a bleak future for consumer digital cameras from F-stoppers. Like that's from actual data. And that's worthy of an article, but I've seen things where people say, you know, Canon is releasing this on this date, and it's been picked up by major news outlets. And the first sentence reads, "According to CanonRumors.com," or you know, and those those sentences should not go together. According to Canon Rumors, should not go at the beginning of a news article because it's not accurate. Um, and I want to cry fake news. I just think that there is. The point about the journalism background is like to me as a journalist, to you as a journalist, I think a lot of people have a knee-jerk reaction to not comment on rumors and speculation. To the point where I have 
had NDA information on camera gear and just not participated in any like general conversations about the product because I don't want to have any hand in information inadvertently being spoiled for people, not leaked, but like expectations spoiled. Um, but I, there is no incentive for that in a lot of cases now. And there's a disincentive because the more views you get, the more money you make. And also YouTube shares content based on engagement. So the more people who say, oh, I can't wait for this camera. Oh, it's never going to happen. Oh, this doesn't have the feature I need. Oh, it does. That generates a lot more revenue. Yeah. there. So there are two points to that. First, I do. So, so I wish that, unfortunately, this will never happen because at least in the United States, thankfully, and I, I, I'm thankful for this every single day, we have a freedom of speech in terms of I right. can go ahead, you can go ahead, and we could. And Sony Alpha Rumors, even though I believe he's in Italy. Yes. Um, which is fine. But, you know, the internet is the world's playground. Um, I could say whatever I want. And with, for the most part, as long as it doesn't become uh, libelous or slander, if that's uh, the written or, you know, verbal, I can just say anything. Right. And that's beautiful. And that's, you know, like, I don't want to step on that. That is a wonderful liberty that we all have. Exactly. And, and, and I think that's great. And I think it's important, especially in certain you know, facets of um, social issues and, and political issues. However, when it comes to, I guess, business, if you want to just kind of put a, a, a general word on it, there, when there's no consequence to this and it, has, it can have a material impact one way or another on, on the company, it is it is problematic the fact that there there is no consequence to what you say. So you know David uh, included me a long time ago. He has a, a fantastic little private Slack channel that I'm a part of, filled with some of the best content creators in our space. And I'm very fortunate to be there because I get not only to contribute but I get to you know in, take in the thoughts of these people. Yesterday we were talking about this, and one of the things that I brought up was you know it really would be great if. We have all these metrics, uh, David. You brought some up for like YouTube, uh, Google. Has, we have all these SEO metrics, but I, I really do wish, and and I do think we're we're heading here, especially with the torrent of you know twenty from twenty fifteen to today of of all this kind of fake news. But a metric of truthiness to borrow, I, mm-hmm. I think that was a George George W. Bush term. It was, although these days it's more like a George Orwell term. Which it, yeah, <laughs> Big Brother. Um, so. You know, I do. I would love where. Okay, let's just eh, listen. We're we're picking on Sony Alpha Rumors, not with any sort of malice or vendetta, but because that site is, especially for where we are talking about Sony, that is kind of ground zero for the, this topic. We know that their the hit rate, or or I guess the the journalistic merit of how this data is being sourced and reported on, it can be very you know you you can be very dubious about it. And unfortunately, that sense of being dubious, that is not a metric that is weighed in, at least today, on whether um, it should be surfaced, how it ranks on a Google search or in YouTube. Sure. And I think that it was in the original days of Google. I think part of the idea of the algorithm looking at the links back into something was based on the idea that people would link back to things that they thought were valid and truthful. And so... 
that was the original idea. We will get rid of the websites that are saying things that are not useful to you, and we will find the ones. And the ones who, the more interaction that those sites have, the more the more value and the more correct the information is. And at this point, you know, information is so hard to quantify. There's just no way that Google can figure out if somebody says something or not if it's a valid a valid thing to say. I do think that a lot of the the sites and a lot of the media uh, and content creators who just keep saying untruthful things will eventually fall off of the radar. Um, Tony Northrup uh, had a great video up where he talked about they're not paid for by people and they're not paid to slander somebody else. And some people say that when they write a good review, they get more hits. Some people say when they write a bad review, get them more hits. They can't both be true. Um, so either people are saying that they're they're biased towards hating something or biased towards loving it at the same time. I don't understand. And he made a good point that a lot of media out there does, in fact, just say what they think generates the most revenue. But in the long run, if you look at Tony and Chelsea, every time there's a questionable report about something, people point back at them as one of the authoritative sources, right? Well, this this art this article said that this particular camera or lens or whatever is a piece of junk. But Tony and Chelsea used it, and it worked great. And go watch their video on it. So I do think that there is a sort of crowdsourcing truthfulness that will happen. It's just got it's got a long tail to it. And so if it takes five ten years for those sites that are the ones that peddle in in made up information to go away. How much damage does that do to the market between now and then? Exactly. And I I do hope that over time, this will kind of, I don't want to say sort itself out, but in in a way, um, if we start putting more onus on the importance of following and and paying attention to reliable sources, as opposed Mm -hmm. to the rumor sites, just by kind of uh, osmosis, It'll move over to you know you, th- those rumor sites will be will get less and less uh, traction, and the, the journalistic sites, the ones that are actually have proven sources, the ones that don't speculate, or you know, there's speculation, and then there's maybe you you know you're better you, you would be better at, at kind of de- describing the two. There's kind of I would say my article. That wasn't speculation. That was like, man, I really wish I was expecting this. And to a degree, right. I was buying into the, as far as the A7000, but like, I really thought the A7S3 was going to be announced there just because we were due for one, not figuring out that NAB is just around the corner and maybe it'll be announced there. But there, there's there's speculation, but then there's also kind of like driving intentional, not intentionally, maybe intentionally, but false information. Yeah, and I think a company has to that has to be part of what a company keeps in mind when it releases products. And that, you know, the difficult thing is if you look at the A6400, like my number one question from people is what camera should I buy? I say to them, what do you want to do? I want to take pictures of my family, I want to take pictures of my kids. What's your price point? I want to spend under $1200 total. Right? So that is the majority that's like the majority of the market. Right. That's that's I never get someone who says to me, I want to buy a camera and it's gonna be six thousand dollars. Which camera should I buy? They've done some research. They do ask me if I agree with their research, but they're not looking for a manufacturer name and a model number. So that's 
that's one weird one weird thing and one thing that you know like to sony the expectations that the vlogging community has and the expectations that the consumers that are looking for presents for graduating you know seniors or christmas or whatever that's they're two different things and so companies have to do what they need to do when they need to do it they just they also have to um think about their pipeline the nice thing now is you have like what is essentially the lowest camera in the in the chain is still the 6300 but at this point you know why would you right um you've got the 6400 on one side and then bookend it on the other side you have the a9 they both have this focusing system it speaks about sony's direction we are not going to take the focusing system that we give the six thousand dollar customer you know camera lens right and we're going to give that to the nine hundred dollar customer and we're not going to stop it somewhere in the middle of the price range because we don't want to give it to somebody to move them up the food chain so companies have to manage you know those things they have to manage that expectations and and they have to they have to manage what what the press is thinking is going to happen and this is a conversation i have all the time the guys at the guys at sony one of the reasons we work with them is because they're the only company that's ever asked us at journalists you know from when i was a journalist what we need and what we want and they understand that you know there has to be a management of expectations but also the rumors that you know, if somebody goes and something appears on a rumor site, it makes the executives in Japan less likely to want to give anybody any any leash to things. It is a, a very delicate balance, and it's you can you know, woe is me for these giant companies. But when you think about the amount of time, money, R and D that goes into product development, it's not like this. You know, the A sixty four hundred. I think you were saying like just or what. I think we were talking about this in the Slack channel. Like, it's not like they just started development on that two months ago. This has been in the pipe for a while. Right. That That's a big thing for people to keep in mind. Cameras don't get made overnight. Yeah. I mean, most, especially if it's a physical hardware product, there's a lot that goes to it. It's a, it's different for software, but even software, depending on this autofocusing, the new autofocusing system is a perfect example. It's If it could have been done probably sooner, it would have been. Um, I, and I am very excited about it. I'm also excited about the fact that Sony is starting to add other meaningful features. So I, I've been always, I've been very, uh, I've coveted Fujifilm users because they have, Fujifilm, in my opinion, has held the kind of mantle as far as in, in these meaningful firmware updates that add really great new features. Sure. And Fuji users talk about that quite often as they should. And yeah, so the Fuji film people have certain features that like Nicole, she's a Fuji film shooter. She has her XT three. And when we're out in the field, we're both doing different types of focus stacking. I have to do mine manually. She can just kind of use a bracketing system where, sure. I mean, to me, that is that I, I'm, I would love to see that. And up until this press uh, event, I didn't know that we'd do it, especially because Sony unceremoniously just took away the Play Memories app um, from the Mark II's cameras to the Mark III's. No announcement, as far as I know. They're just like, if I spent not a lot of money, but I spent maybe $20 on apps, um, and they're gone for my cameras. So with this new firmware, they're also bringing time-lapse support, which is great. I, don't, I haven't seen the actual implementation of it, 
I've read the press release with the options and it looks great. I'm hopeful that this is a precursor to seeing things like uh, focus stacking come in. Um, and so it is though, you know, it can have damaging results because I want to kind of uh, tie a bow on this topic where there is, I, I would love to see, I don't know. I don't want to, I'm not trying to be militant about this. You know, I'm not Orwellian about this, but it is as someone who has worked, I worked um, at Sony, you know, we were at a, that's where we first met in person at a press event in Portland here. Um, and I've worked at Wacom. I've worked at Google, all places that um, have uh, hardware products where if for whatever reason, it, the, the release doesn't jibe with the audience because of, in this case, um, incongruous expectations set by rumor sites, then that can have a material impact on the launch. Sure, but then there's but there's two things there's two things about the audience, right? One is that you talk about the audience and we talk about how long the cycle of camera development is. So let's just say two years. It's probably not exactly that, but let's just pick a two year time. That means that two years ago Nikon had to start making the Z and figure out where autofocus and technology would be, right? Canon had to do the same thing. Sony had to start making a replacement consumer camera because the consumer, you know, that, that segment of the market hadn't seen a refresh in a while. So, so Sony works on that. Two years ago, the number of people vlogging in the photography space was a fraction of what it is right now. So, you know, why, while, well, I don't want to say like vloggers are not important. They are when this camera started development, vloggers were not actively saying what they wanted from a camera because there was no real hope that they would get everything in one device that they wanted. And then mirrorless does better, right? There's more mirrorless choices. They've got better video choices. Oh, well now suddenly the camera that I want might exist. And so we have this interesting thing where vloggers want to cover something. The rumor, the rumor speaks specifically to them. This was probably started being made before vlogging blew up in the tech space, but it's not an indication that Sony doesn't know what the vloggers want. And the way I know it's not an indication about that is first of all, I've used the video, I've used the camera, I stick a microphone on a bracket, totally, you know, good to go. And nobody wants to see my face. That's why I'm doing an audio podcast. So that, that helps me out too. Um, but you know, the, the thing about it is that when I have, when I was an editor, at the magazines and we would go to a Sony event, I would watch the engineers from Sony spend hours writing down notes of what people wanted. Now, mostly Rishi from DP Review would hog them and talk to them about autofocus. And here we are after several years of Rishi talking to them about what he wanted the autofocus to do. His main thing was, I don't want to pick a mode. I want it to just work. Well, now that's that's here, right? And so I've told them features that I had wanted that I saw come you know, in cameras, people said they wanted the dual battery or the dual card slots and a bigger battery. They did that, right? So the 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 people at Sony are actively listening to what people want. I went to Tokyo uh, as part of a press thing with a limited amount of a limited number of press, and sat down with the heads of the divisions, the manufacturing people, and the camera and the sensor division, and they all said the same thing. We are actively listening to everything people want, and people and customers know that, right? That is why when you see a rumor site. It is totally feasible that it could be real because anything is possible at this point. 
So Sony came along and said, like, we're going to do a full frame camera mirrorless. And then it's going to have face detect. And then it's going to have eye detect. And now it's going to have real time AF, right? So anything could happen. And that's great. And the people covering it are people who want a very specific product for a very specific part of the market. And they are an important part of it. I'm sure that the company is listening to that. But right now, what we have is a great consumer camera that is great for vlogging, even if you don't think it's perfect for your vlogging needs, right? And that is the disappointment that there is the disappointment is that there's now a camera with incredible autofocus and a really small size that has a microphone jack. You know what I mean? Like it's a weird thing to be disappointed about. And so I completely agree that everybody wants all the all the hyped things to happen. But I also know that there's more customers. Like I if I see a camera release and the camera's not aimed at me, like I'm not gonna buy an A sixty four hundred for myself, most likely. But I would recommend it to somebody. So for me, if I see the A6400, I'm like, okay, it's great. It's a great camera. I will recommend this. But I am shooting uh, an A9 and an A7R3. So for me, I've got my needs covered. The equally weird would have been if an APS-C camera had come out and everyone went, oh, we wanted a full-frame camera today. Sure. Like what we wanted was an APS. We wanted a full-frame camera with, and then you list the specs of this. But we want it to be full frame and not APS-C. So that's also likely to happen when rumor sites dominate the the cycle. So it's it's a weird thing, and it's hard for the it's hard for the market, and it's always been hard for the market. Um, you know, even Apple addressed it a couple of times when the like specs of phones had been released well in advance, and you know Tim Cook would get up and say, "This might look familiar to some of you guys." Um, it just means. It just means that the companies have to be more secretive in general, and that you know that is difficult for everybody who who wants to cover these absolutely and I mean, I can speak from personal experience that before you release the product, especially at, at Google, that was whenever uh you know the coming Android phone the at that point it was the Nexus before the pixel you know we would some of us would be part of their dog food program, so we would get earlier prototypes and because you need to have that kind of in the field testing but man you know how important it is to control that information so with regards to what you were saying though david don't you think in some cases this is something that and i don't mean it to sound harsh but like sony kind of brought it upon themselves in terms of this persnickety these persnickety expectations you have an a7 which is a utility player you have an A7S, which is a low-light video beast. You have an A7R, which is a high-resolution, you know, landscape photographer's dream. Uh, you have this A6400. You have the A9, which is a sports photojournalist, you know, dream. They have the, this all this different strata for for all these different um, types, or you know, these cameras for different strata of photographer. And so, of course, the you know, like a vlogger will will want a camera for vlogging you know they want an a7v um absolutely so and also you said it earlier you know there was a, a point at which sony was releasing cameras at a breakneck speed where it was like oh man sony slow down now people are waiting for i i do believe you know this a7s3 is the 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 one that most people are kind of waiting with bated breath for and hopefully we'll i mean we'll see it this year i, I would 
shocked if we didn't see it this year. Um, but again, that's just speculation. I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to say it. Um, but what I think a lot of people are going to be looking at going forward, and this is kind of a segue to our next topic, is you know what is the state of kind of cameras and photography, especially with like Canon and Nikon? You touched on this story. Uh, again, I'll link to it at the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com. But a couple of days ago, Canon's uh, president, uh, Fujio Mitare, uh, he, I guess, was in an interview. And I, I like the point you made, David, to me offline in terms of like there could have there could have been some sort of loss in translation. But it was a doom and gloom report where he he's expecting he was expecting mirrorless cameras for Canon, at least to augment or supplement uh, no, 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 or complement the DSLRs. Right. He was saying that every customer going to mirrorless is coming from a DSLR. And it's looking like DSLR, basically DSLR sales are shrinking significantly. He has a kind of a dour expectation and mirrorless is replacing it, um, which I don't know necessarily was what he was hoping for. Um, but it, it did send, you know, that definitely made a news cycle around where with, um, with smartphones uh, coming in and, these smaller mirrorless cameras becoming more and more capable. I mean, even the RX 100, even the DJI pocket, if you want to kind of really look at it, sure. you know, there are these small, tiny devices that are capable of recording 4k at 60 frames per second is that's kind of nuts. So what do you, what are your thoughts, David? Kind of, again, someone who is, I would say one can provide one of the most informed opinions. What do you see as um, the roadmap? Not a roadmap as far as specific products, but what do you see as the future for this space? Well, you know, like it's a weird thing for Canon, and I'll, I'll say Canon specifically, you know, and this includes Nikon as well. They're the two real remaining DSLR players. I mean, you can say Pentax, but, you know, they make it. I love the, that camera, but they don't sell as many cameras. So let's say you, know, you have Nikon and Cam Canon who released their first mirrorless offerings, they have lost a lot of customers to Sony. There are very few customers in the last couple of years who went Canon to Nikon DSLR, I am guessing. And there are more that went to Sony. So both of these, both of these systems here have to be drawing from someone, right? And an existing base. But the market was all doom and gloom before Sony started making full frame cameras. If you looked at the full frame market, it was, you know, it was headed downhill. If you look at the whole, the whole photographic market, it was headed downhill. And then Sony started to sell products and the, the trend line goes back up in the other direction. So it's, if the cameras were only complementing complementing the DSLRs, that could not have trended upward, right? Because if you're only pulling a customer from company A, to company B, then the whole graph doesn't go upward. It just stays flat. So that means that companies have been able to pull people into the marketplace, right? So I'm not surprised that Canon, who people have been waiting a very long time for them to come out with a mirrorless camera, I'm not surprised that they are predicting DLSR, DSLR sales to decline. Because if they weren't expecting that, why make a mirrorless camera? If a DSLR camera is better than a mirrorless camera, people would stay with that. If you release a mirrorless camera, it has to at least do some things better than a DSLR or just shoot the DSLR. So the very existence of a mirrorless product line from a DSLR manufacturer 
says that there is something in that technology that is superior, at least for some of the customers. And so it is very likely that those people are going to come across and and move over. Now, if you look at what these cameras have offered in their first iterations, there's a huge crop on the EOS R, there's issues with focus on the, the Z system, right? There's, there's all these sort of like negatives surrounding the systems. And so you're going to get the loyalists in the first generation who say, well, you know what? I have a D850 and I want to get a mirrorless camera, so I'll get a Z7, right? But if they think that the market is going to decline, I think that the way Sony had approached it was to really say, okay, what can we do to bring new people in? And so if you look at one of the B-Alpha events that Sony had, and I've been to like five of them at this point, it is mostly 20-somethings. Like, there are so many hoodies that it could be like, <laughs> you know, it could be a clothing store. So there's there's people coming in, right? They're they're coming in. I, I saw thousands of people coming into some of these events. They're trying out cameras. They're passionate about photography. And that's the, just to circle for a second back to vlogging, those passionate people, those young people in hoodies are now telling the story about cameras. And they're trying to get their foot in the door to be the next Tony and Chelsea or the next you know, PDN or whatever. And to do that right now, the only content they have access to is the rumor sites because they're still not big enough to be invited to press events. They still don't have enough of a following to be able to get the cameras early on. And so this flood of interesting people is generating the buzz that generated the vlogging market that generated the photo vlogging market that caused the problem. I do think, though, that if Canon and Nikon and any other company think that the overall market will decline over time, then in, in any segment, that they should look at that as an opportunity to do something else, right? Not, a, not get out of the camera business, but to innovate in some way that pulls new people in. Um, and so I think, I think I'm not surprised by Canon saying that you know that level of, of DSLR would decline. Um, I just think that that needs something to replace it. And you know, if you look at the category, the category that is going to decline for Canon, according to their article, is consumer DSLRs and consumer point-and-shoot cameras, right? That's the market that's going to go away. Well, now there's an A6400 that provides those features, but with state-of-the-art focusing. So is that enough to bring in new people? And that's the big game that's being played here, right? Right. And it, I go back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago in terms of the lead time of product development. And I, I would love to know, let's just assume that Canon and Nikon are not completely dense and they understand what you just said, like, okay, we need to kind of pivot in this space. I wonder what they see because these first generation uh, mirrorless systems from Canon and Nikon very much were me too systems. They were just <laughs> borderline proof of concepts, you know, just showing like, Oh, we're here too. Now we're here too. And here's, you know, here's what we can do. I do think that their Mark twos will uh, better really kind of tie, tie down what their capabilities, what their values uh, their value adds are, because otherwise I, I think people will continue to, to they'll hemorrhage over to Sony. But mm -hmm. I don't know. I you made the point you just made was so lucid. I was just sitting here, kind of nodding my head because it's like that's absolutely true. Uh, and, and to a degree, 
it does kind of feed back to the first topic of this of this episode, which is all right, if if you have this massive group and and I do in a way commend Sony for they saw this and they formed their Alpha Collective, which is you know, you can argue or just kind of a, a, a group of Instagram heavy hitters, young kids, um, not young, they're young adults. Um, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, uh, you know, minimize them at all. And they take really great photos. And in a way they kind of, a lot of them define the trends that hundreds of thousands, if not millions of other photographers uh, replicate. And they're all standing there with their Sony cameras. So yep. uh, if part of that recipe of growth is, you know, if those there are people who fashion themselves to want to be the next Tony and Chelsea, you're right. They're if they're not going to be invited to their press releases, um, they're going to have to get their news somewhere. And that this, it, it, how how do we break the cycle then? I don't know the answer to that. I I suspect that there will not be as big of an influx of photo space vloggers as has grown. You know, you look at like PetTube and like all the other sort of niches in Google and they're growing and growing, but at some point, how many people can go into that and make money at some point, the, the cost benefit analysis of being a vlogger on YouTube without a big following, it's not worth it. Right. Um, I don't know the answer to how do you fix that? I'm not entirely sure it's exactly broken I, you know, I'm, I try to look at the photographic market enthusiastically. I see more people taking pictures and being more interested. And if the side effect of that is both, there are rumors out there that make some people disappointed, and also Sony makes a lot of great products for people who wouldn't previously have bought products. I think that's a good trade-off. I just think the disappointing thing would be if people were hyping. A system and then the whole you know the system was a problematic or or didn't meet their needs fast enough so i definitely would rather have people disappointed because someone known for innovating not in the mark not in the, the market for that particular camera said that camera isn't for my market you know, i'm fine with that as long as the trade-off is cameras that sony make have this incredible new autofocus system I'll happily take that as a trade-off. Now, I, I can't speak for Sony when I say that, but I, I think that the goal of Sony is to try and make as much innovation as they can to solve as many of the problems as they can in that Rishi fashion I told you, where he was like, I want the AF to do this and this and this, and it happened, right? So I, I think I think people will just have to realize at some point, well, maybe at some point they'll realize that the rumor sites get 80% of their stuff wrong. If you actually track them, you would see that the, the hit rate is really low. Um, so maybe at some point, as people are getting their news from these great vloggers, they don't necessarily need to go to the rumor sites to, to satisfy that, to satisfy the thing. Another thing Tony said today that I just want to talk about really quickly is he talked about the fact that most people who watch his videos aren't, making a purchase decision they're making purchase confirmation you know a lot of them have picked the brand already so the yeah so the people the people who are the and i see this on forums a lot too i spend a lot of time on them the people who are the most vocal about a release are the people who have the system and wanted something else i mean there's the haters who are not going to be happy no matter what somebody does but the people who are most negative are the ones that have the system 
and they're also the most positive people. So there's, you know, but the, the bell curve is really weird looking. It's got a tail on both sides and flat in the middle. Um, so I think it's good to remember that a, a lot of the sites out there exist to give people confirmation that they made the right choice. And they're, you know, the, in these days there's no bad camera. Right. So it's very easy to say this camera doesn't have the feature that I want, or this camera, you know, has a feature I don't need. Because, you know, there's customers on either side, right? When a camera comes out that does 20 frames a second is $5,000, the person who's going to go and shoot their kid's soccer game may not need that camera. So previously, I don't have a camera at my price point that is exactly what I want. Now that camera is there. So I, I think that both sides of the, the market will change. I think that the vlogging world will change. I think that the way cameras get announced and released will change. Um I just hope for the sake of, you know, Canon and Nikon that they can innovate. And I really mean this. I hope for the sake of Nikon and Canon, because I've shot both systems professionally, um, that they look at those numbers of the declining sales and don't say it's not worth doing this. They say it's worth taking it up a notch because that's better for everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. I, no, I don't know. No one. I mean, yes, there are certain people who take more of a militant approach in terms of it's a, it's an us versus them in order for us to win. Someone else has to lose. And I, I don't understand that. It's it's great to have, um, you know, being proud and loyal to your brand, but not at the expense of like, you know, disparaging another brand. I would love to see Canon sure. and Nikon uh, win. In fact, you know, it was the only reason why I switched to Sony initially was because I had all of my Canon glass. I was a Canon shooter for a decade. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I always look back on Canon fondly. So, and again, this is why I'm so glad to have you on David, because you brought um, this really kind of sage, like analysis that um, makes the, the top, it really exploded the topics. Uh, and so, Thank you for that, David. Thank you for joining me. My pleasure. Can you, if you want to tell people if they want to find you or learn more about anything Pixel Shift, why don't you tell uh, people how they can find you? Sure. Uh, I'm on most of the the photo sherry social networks as David J. Schloss, um, mostly sharing my own work. We do have Instagram on pixel.shift as the Instagram account. Um, we work mainly behind the scenes with companies, so we don't do a lot of forward-facing forward-facing work. Um, but David at pixelshift.studio, if anybody wants to reach out and ask a question, I'm, I'm happy to take a look at that or reply on one of my photos or message me on Instagram, and I'll, I'll be happy to, to give you some more of my probably very lengthy thoughts on the subject. Lengthy, but very, very valuable. It's, just, it's nice to have informed opinions and uh, analysis on the show. So, you know, thank you for that. And to everyone listening, thank you so much for being here. Again, you can I'll have links to uh, how you can find more about David and Pixel Shift on the show notes at knownamephotoshow.com. I'm at matias.com and uh, Brian Matias on social media. And uh, yeah, we'll have Colby on the next one. Uh, but until then, everyone, I hope uh, you're all well. And one more time, David, thank you so much. My pleasure, and let's not wait another 52 episodes to be able to chat again. I promise we won't. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the No Name Photo Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes at nonamephotoshow.com, and be sure to subscribe in whichever app you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss a beat. Let's do this again next time.